Guys, we're going to have a great episode today. Before we get into that, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for all the support that you get. I want to remind you that you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you don't follow, follow it at jscottoutdoors. Uh, feel free to send me a DM. I love uh, corresponding with you guys about your hunts and any questions that you might have. Uh, we're going to have a great episode. I also want to thank uh, the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com. Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years, he's the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager over there at GoHunt.com at the gear shop. Uh, You can reach out directly uh, for info or for sales at 702-847-8747. You can also email him at optics at GoHunt.com. He also uh, gets texts from uh, my listeners at, on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. Feel free to send him a text if you're looking for a certain tripod or binocular or spotting scope or rifle scope, anything to do with optics. Uh, give Cody Nelson a call or a text. I want to thank GoHunt.com also and remind you guys that the GoHunt maps, the mobile app, um, mapping apps, are now available on iTunes and Android. Uh, they have real 3D. Um, it's awesome, awesome 3D mapping on these mobile apps. Uh, you can get a free trial, a seven-day free trial, by going to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott. You can also check in the show notes. I'll have it linked up. You get a seven-day free trial. That gives you access to everything in the Insider as well as uh, g- let you look at the, the mapping apps uh, both on the desktop and on your phone. Uh, you can also sign up. Uh, by going to GoHunt.com and just use J. Scott, and that's going to save you $50. Uh, you're actually going to get a GoHunt gift card, $50 GoHunt gift card when you sign up. So go check it out. also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. Go to K-U-I-U-Kuyu.com uh, to order the gear right there that are direct-to-consumer model. Uh, so that's the only place you can get the gear, as well as phonescope.com. Use the jscott21 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount. Uh, guys, let's get right to this episode, and again, thanks for listening. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, we've got our friend Pat McCarty of Shadow Valley Outfitters on the line. Pat, how you doing? Doing great, Jay. Thanks for having us on again, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, we've got, I believe, a February 8th deadline here coming up for the Arizona elk and antelope applications uh, for the state of Arizona. Uh, before we really dive into um, all of the ins and outs of some of the units and, and such, uh, what are conditions as you see them right now on the ground? Um, I think conditions are, are favorable. Um Last year, you know, with that great monsoons that we had, and then we had some timely uh, rains and snows, uh, most of the stock tanks are still full. There's a grass crop that is still fantastic, so there's a lot of holdover feed. Um, The bulls that we were taking and bucks that we were taking in the late season had a lot of fat on them. Um, They look really healthy. A lot of the bulls that we were seeing while doing some late OTC hunts, they, uh, they look fat and happy as well. Uh, it hasn't, it's been kind of a mild winter. We've had some timely storms, but nothing horrible, not too frigid. Um, I'm really excited going into the spring, uh, with where conditions are at right now. How much do you think having that good monsoon will play into with holdover feed, you know, 
elk going into the winter um, with good feed on the ground, how much do you think that that could translate if we had a wet spring um, into a, a really good, you know, 2022 fall? I think it has a tremendous impact. Um, you know, it's been a, a few years now since we've really seen this kind of holdover grass and more importantly, like the amount of moisture that's in the, in the ground right now. Um, typically like the last three or four years, this time of year, you know, you kick the dirt and it's just dust. Um, but pretty much all over the state, you know, we're, we're getting ready to do some shed hunting and whatnot. And there's a lot of moisture in the ground. So I'm expecting a good green up uh, going into the spring. Um, so there's plenty of grass to get them to the spring. And then that initial green up in the spring when it warms up, uh, I, I think that's going to be really good. I'm excited. I think that this is probably the best we've been like this to this point uh, in the last, you know, five years. So you're saying like up until application time with the facts that we know going into, you know, a, a early February deadline, you're thinking this is probably the, the best data that we've had to be able to make a decision in the last five years or so. I think so. I mean, you know, we could always ask for more, but I, I mean, when you stack everything up, the amount of holdover grass, the amount of moisture in the ground, the water and all the tanks and the condition of the bulls and bucks that we're seeing to this point, I'm more excited about where we're at to this point than I have been in the last five to seven years. I think you know there should be no no hesitancy for people with max bonus points, high bonus points to hold out and not apply for some reason, thinking that you know the weather's you know we have good data to this point, and that's what we have to make decisions off of. So you know anybody that you know we're talking to that has you know a fair amount of bonus points or you know just hesitant about the last couple of years we're saying go apply you know by point guard because it could turn off tomorrow you know we could stop getting moisture again but to this point it looks good you need to apply i want to start out um asking you specifically about uh late rifle elk hunts i'm going to start there and then we'll work our way through archery and early rifle and and some other hunts but um, when it comes to late rifle elk hunts in Arizona, what are some of the top units that you guys kind of have your eye on? Yeah, so obviously the 23 hunt is fantastic. Um, it, it typically, you know, you're going to work if you're going over there. You're going to work, but you're going to have opportunity at big bulls. Um, I think sometimes people underestimate how physical that hunt can be. So they think, you know, hey, I've got a ton of points. I'm not going to catch the early rifle hunts, so I'm going to do that hunt. And then they expect to go over there and see great big bulls all over the place. When in reality, you really have to work to get in there. Um, it's a physically demanding unit. And, and if you do your due diligence and you get in there and you put in the time and the effort, you can kill a, a really nice bull. But I don't want people to underestimate the physical uh, demands of that hunt, as you know, Jay. Um you know, you, you, it can be demanding. Um, on, on the flip side of that, you know, there's units like 8, 10. Um, we really like those as well. Uh, the opportunity that's in there to get in there and find some really nice bulls on these lays on, exist. And, you know, uh, you're going to work in a different fashion on those. On, on those hunts, you know, you, there's a lot of hunters in there. So you have to work hard, be in there first, and then be willing to you know stick it out to the bitter end you know a lot of people on those late rifle hunts will get in there and, and they'll be there and they'll kind of get bogged down after the first three days where they've seen a few elk and a hundred people 
Uh, that can be a mental game at that point. But um, we really like the 23. We like the 8, the 10. I do the Unit 9 late rifle hunt every year. Um, and that hunt can be a grind. It can be cold. You know, you're going to see a ton of people. But I personally, I really enjoy that hunt. Um, you go in there and you have good expectations and you can really have a good hunt on that one as well. Um, you, seven West is one that, you know, it's easier to draw. Uh, it's not you know, extremely sought after, but that's another one that you're going to have to outwork the people on the ground to get stuff killed. When you talk about expectations, um, I'm just going to go through the ones you mentioned and just kind of give me what you're you know, what you would tell hunters kind of to expect as far as, you know, maybe getting a chance at a bull like this and, and kind of having expectations in line. Let's start with that 23 hunt. Um, as far as size expectations, what do you, what do you think you're looking at there? You know, I think uh, a reasonable number on that, if you go over there on that, that hunt and like for us, if we go down that hunt, we're starting at like 350, you know, um, that's in February, we're going to say, Hey, on this late rifle hunt, we want to go there. We want to try to find a 350 bull that's unbroke, you know. And then as we compile the data going throughout the rest of the year, how much more should we get through the spring, the summer, what's left after the early hunts? Then you know that bar will be adjusted either way. And we've gone over there and we've killed some really big bulls on that hunt. And then there's been other hunts where it's like, man, all right, it's going to be a grind, but we're going to we're going to dig a nice bull up, you know. If that's that 350 bull, then hey, we need to take it. Um, but I think that that's a, a reasonable bar for someone to set and then adjust as you gather more data and more info. What about the eight and 10? Is it, is the bar a little bit lower on those? Yep. I would say so. Um, you know, for us, what we tell people is on that one, like, Hey, you know, yes, we've killed some bulls in that 370, 380 mark on that late rifle hunt. We're going to start the bar at like that 330, 340 unbroke six. Let's go in there, and, and that's going to be the expectation to get started on this thing. And then as we get going, just just like any other hunt that we do, you know, when we're in the spring and we're picking up sheds, hey, this is what we're picking up right now. This Compare the data from the year prior, get into the summer and into the fall hunts. All right, we're seeing, you know, on a great monsoon year, a great spring, you know, we're going to see a lot of those 350-type bulls in Unit 8, you know. Um, so that might raise the bar. You know, and then after those, one of the big barometers for us is like these late archery hunts that take place. You know, we're in there two weeks prior doing those late archery hunts. You're going to know what to expect on those late rifle hunts as well because you're in there. Um, so I think on eight, um, you're looking at like that 330 unbroke six point. Uh, go in there. We're going to grind. It's going to be a long hunt. I always tell people, make it to Monday. And then, you know, you're going to see a whole lot of people leave after Monday because all the buddies and stuff that miss Thanksgiving weekend with their wives and all that to come help you or help other people, they got to go home now. All right. So half the people leave. Now you've got a different unit to hunt. It's going to be a good hunt. You just got to tough it out um, and then, you know, adjust your expectations accordingly. You mentioned those late archery hunts. Um are there any specific units on that late archery that you, you know, kind of have your eye on and are, and are those hunts primarily spot and stock or are you sitting water? Yeah. So primarily it's spot and stock for us. Like we like to do the, the unit eight late archery hunt. We'd like to do unit 10 and even the 23 
late archery hunt. Like those, we really like those three. Um, on those, people have to be prepared um, because you're going to go in there and you're going to be hunting the bulls in the same canyons and, and draws that they would be on the late rifle hunt. So it's rougher country. Obviously, they're not bugling. They're not talking. A lot of the bulls are, are on their own or paired up with a few other bulls. Um, so it's a little bit different. But for us, it's primarily spot and stock. Last year was a strange year. You know, on the late rifle hunt and even the late archery hunt, there were days where it was 70 degrees in Unit 8 and the southern portion of Unit 10. Those bulls did not want to move. They were coming in at night, watering at night. Like, that was a, that was a rough year. You know, that was tough. So there were a lot of bulls killed on water. Now there's one water tank in Unit 9 where there's like seven bulls killed off of water in a, like, three-week time span. Um, so it was a little bit different, but primarily with us, it's spot and stock, and then we go from there. Let's talk about the early rifle and muzzleloader hunts uh, this year that you've got your eye on. What what are you looking at there? So, obviously, the, the Unit 9 tag, um, we did real well on there last year. We've done real well on there, like, the last three to four years on the archery and the early rifle. Uh, the Unit 10 tag, I think, is going to be really good. I'm really happy with where Unit 10 is at after they've been cutting some tag numbers down um, the last three or four years. And then, you know, if you're if you're going into Unit 10, you need you're you're cutting your legs out from under you if you're not buying the big bow pass. I understand, you know, the the angst with that, but you're cutting half the unit off if you don't do that. Um, I was on the 23 uh, early rifle tag last year. It was a great hunt, fantastic. There's tons of elk, tons of bulls. Um, those are probably the top three um, that we really, really like. Then I think, you know, there's a sleeper, and, you know, some people will probably, oh, why is he talking about this? But that Unit 8, there's a Unit 8 early rifle tag this year. Um, takes place right after the archery. I think there's only 25 tags, but we're really looking forward to that hunt. I think that's going to be a hunt that, you know, it, Jay, as you know, you know, 15, 20 years ago, unit eight, there were some tremendous bulls being taken out of there consistently. And then they, you know, they've since up the tag numbers. They've got some cow hunters in there. There's a whole lot of hunts in there now. So quality is definitely quality and age class is diminished, but genetically there's still some bulls in there that um, can really produce and can surprise some people. I think there'll be a couple bulls um, that didn't get killed on the late rifle hunt that surprised some people um, that, you know, are going to be prime targets for that early rifle hunt in Unit 8. Then um, also another hunt that we really, really like this year is the early muzzleloader tag in Unit 1. Uh, I really am looking forward to that one and seeing what that produces. Uh, that, you know, there's the elk herd over there in Unit 1 right now is just exploding still um, with those burns. Those burns have produced phenomenally. And that's another thing in unit eight, you know, we had a big fire in there last year. Um, we were in there this month on OTC hunts and I, I've never seen that much feed in the lower portion. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that burn in unit eight. Um, and then we killed a really, really nice bull over in five B on the early rifle hunt, you know, and, and I wouldn't put that, that five B hunt necessarily with the 23s, the nine, the 10, but it's definitely, uh, coming on real strong. And there's, you know, we are actually the bull that we killed, um, Joe Kellner and Will, uh, were guiding that for us. And they were actually going after another bull and on the stock, this, this other bull walked out in front of them. And they're like, Oh, we cannot pass this bull up. 
Um, so there was a number of really good bulls in there um, that we really, really like, and I think that'll be another good hunt. So I think for top-tier units, you've got, you know, the 9, 10, 23, and then that mid-tier, uh, that the unit one muzzleloader hunt, the unit eight is a sleeper hunt. You know, that if it's 85 degrees in September, like sometimes you have, that can be tough. So I'm, you know, if you have max bonus points, I'm not recommending that hunt because there's some variables that are just uncontrollable. But if you're getting up there and you're not quite thinking you're going to catch this and you're tired of waiting on those other hunts, that's a hunt that can really, like say, it can produce, but there's some variables that are uncontrollable. And so you got one muzzy, eight as a sleeper, and then that 5B early rifle tag, which we really like also. All right, let's talk about um, the early archery hunts. And before we get into that, um, let's let's talk about the dates of September 9th through the 22nd and your thoughts with those dates. What comes to mind as far as archery hunting? Uh, it's a little early. Um, I, I typically... You know, if it was up to me, I, would, I wouldn't start that archery hunt until like the 15th, 16th, somewhere in there, like a week later is what I think is optimal. Um, so it's a little bit early. I think that there's going to be um, some pre-rut stuff going on where, where bulls are going to be talking and then they're going to be, they're going to shut down for a little bit. Um, and, and typically, you know, that happens every year, whether it's pre-rut and then they shut up and they make their big move. And then they go and, you know, really fire up. Or if it's just pressure, you know, that everybody gets out there, starts pushing them around, they get quiet. But I, d I think the dates are going to have uh, a little bit of uh, a downside just because they are early. It's going to be hot. What do you think uh, about so the full moon on the 10th? So, I mean, basically the opener, the 9th and 10th and 11th, that opening weekend will be full moon. I think that's going to hurt it, don't you? I do. I I 100% do and that's another reason where I'm like man I just wish these dates were a little bit back but on the back side of that hunt you know it's going to be pretty dark don't you um, think it's going to so, make the early rifle and muzzleloader hunts really really good because you'll be doing it's going to be phenomenal they're going <laughs> to yeah, really they're going to they're going to they're going to be going nuts um, so I'm extremely excited about those but you know I mean honestly Jay like last year on the, the early archery hunts across the state I mean they were screaming and you know, conditions were not favorable. Um, there was a pretty good moon. It wasn't great, but they were, I mean, the elk were ripping. I mean, everywhere that we were at. The guys that we had in Unit 8 had a phenomenal rut down there. Units, we had guys over in 7 East. And they, I mean, they had a, a fantastic hunt. 7 West was great. Us for Unit 9, I mean, we had a tremendous year in 9 with some giant bolts that we, we were able to harvest. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit bummed out as far as the early dates and the full moon, but on the backside of that hunt, that's the thing, you know, when guys com are committed to killing or wanting to kill big bulls, you, if you're not going for the whole time, you're really going to limit yourself. Because, I, I mean, you know how it is, Jay. When those bulls, when they get going, they first start going on that pre-rut, they're bugling, they're talking, typically they're by themselves. They're, they're primed to get killed when they're like that. Sure. Um, but once they, once they shut up and move, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So, I mean, there's pluses and minuses to both. So yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer, but early dates, I'm more concerned, like on the Southern units, like unit eight, it could be 90 degrees on that hunt. Um, and th then, you know, that's going to be a problem. They're going to be getting up super late with the full moon. They'll be up and then they're going to bed down super early. 
you get to the 10, 23, 1, 9, uh, it's typically a little bit better anyways. Um, so I'm not like overly concerned, but it's a bummer that it's so early. I, I'm not sure why the date is so early. Um, let's go through some of your, say, top five or six units for early archery. Um, which ones do you like the best? Um, if you if you just had to pick them, what, what's your top? Uh, I, I mean, if it was if, if it was my choice and I had the points to draw anything, personally, I'd go with the nine or the twenty three uh, north or south tag. I really like those. Um, and then I put ten right there as well. Um, though, I mean, take any of those three tags, and you're going to have a fantastic hunt. Um, after that, I really like the unit one archery tag. I think unit one uh, is going to really be a fun hunt this year, and typically on the east side of the state. They get just a little bit more moisture. That's been true to this point. Um, so I really like that hunt over there. Um, and then then you're kind of like in that, that mid-tier zone, you know. Um, we really like Unit 8. That, that's, we know that unit really, really well. So I think, you know, I mean, we're, we're definitely partial and biased to that. There's other people that would disagree. Um, but we do like that. Then we also like uh, 7 West and 7 East. Seven East hunt last year, uh, Leighton Cooper did that, and they had a phenomenal hunt. I mean, they, they were hunting great bulls every day. And that's one of those things where, you know, they, they move kind of through. They can be a little bit transient, but they had a pocket of, you know, a good amount of elk in a little pocket, and they had a fantastic hunt. I think that's probably on the lower side of the mid-tier um, for people. I don't, want, I, I don't want people to be confused, think that that's like unit a, nine a top or, or mid-tier unit. It's not. Um, but it's not a death sentence for tags either. You know, what about five B North hunt. and five B South? I think it's, I, you know, I think that that those two right there are in that mid tier, almost like they've come on strong the last five years. Um, so I think they're, I would probably, you know, put those, um, right there with like seven West on a good year. Um, and there's a lot of huntable country over there, you know, um, what and about then, the block units? What What are your thoughts on the block units? You know, Jay. Honestly, we don't do a lot in the block units. We just there's there's a lot of guys that do it. Um, for like a lot of the people that we talk to that have been waiting a long time, yeah, they can pick those tags up. And there's early rifle tags, and you know, and there's there's guys that are successful in there. I just think it's a better experience than some of these other units. Um, it, it can be a real grind. Now, if you're if you're going to go hunt the ROs, that's a completely different story. If you're going to go hunt some of the other privates in there, you're going to have uh, it's going to be a very special hunt. Um, but I think you know we've done those in the past, and like guys have gone through like booking agencies and stuff like that, and they're like, oh yeah, you can draw this early rifle tag, early rifle unit in Arizona. So guys do it, and then they get out here, and they're a little bit disappointed with the amount of elk um, that they don't see. You know, one unit that I know is close to where you, fairly close to where you live is 19A, and I've never heard much about it. What What are your thoughts on that archery 19A hunt? So I think it's an opportunity hunt. Um, there's some local guys that go in there, and they hunt really good bulls every year. Rarely do they kill them. Um, that, you know, on the south end of Unit A and north end of 19A is Verde River. And there's definitely some bulls down there that get really, really big. Um, and you can hunt them. But oftentimes, they disappear. Um, 
19 a you know there's there's every three four five years there's a 400 inch bull that gets killed out of there um whether it's on on mingus or down on the verde um there's some tremendous bulls that do live in there yeah but it, it is a grind on that hut because if it's if it's 85 degrees over in unit eight it's going to be 90 95 on that lower country um in 19a there's some good good elk up on mingus but it, it is a grind um you know we don't typically do a lot in there on that hunt just because of the experience factor you know uh, there's just a lot of uncontrollables with that hunt and there's also a big section of land in there that is a little bit difficult to access um, there's some bulls in there but man you're going to work for them let's transition over to antelope and um, talk about some of your favorite hunts on the antelope yeah um so you know like we like we talked last year the development that's going on around the prescott area for 19b and 19a i was i mean i just came through a brand new development uh in 19b you know fifteen thousand new homes thirty thousand people every year that you get a chance to hunt 19b might be the last um they're getting ready to put a new hospital in in prime and antelope country it's it's still a great unit they're still great bucks to hunt but people need to be aware that it you're not alone ever like you always have eyes on you we killed three bucks in there last year good bucks and every single buck that we killed there were i i instantly just called the game and fish i was like hey we just shot this buck there's a vehicle watching they don't look very happy you know they come out they check everything yeah we're legal they explain it to the people and then they move on um it there's just a tremendous amount of development going on in these you know these historic great antelope units um we're lucky we have a big section that we're able to hunt in 19a that's semi-private that we killed a real nice buck on last year there's not really any development going on in that section um so i do like the 19a hunt i really like the 19a muzzy hunt there's only four antelope tags on that and then i like the early rifle the, there's two rifle hunts in 19a this year i like the first one a lot um i still like i still like the archery in 19b hunt either the first or the second they're, they're still good hunts and you can hunt some great bucks you just got to be prepared you know and that's the biggest thing there's a lot of private land you know the las vegas ranch for years would allow access on it and then this last year they said hey we're done uh, we're not letting even archery hunters out here. They've got a ton of homes out there. They've got these little ranchettes, 40-acre ranches they've divided into, and the people don't want to see hunters. Um, so that makes it tough, but there's still a significant amount of land that you can hunt. Um, beyond that, I really like the 5B tag. Um, we had a really, really good buck in there last year. Um, we had a hunter that had the tag, and he ended up point guarding because he ended up getting sick. Um, had a really, really awesome buck. He ended up not getting killed. Um, so we're looking forward to going back over there this year. Unit 10 is hard. Um, you know, I think the age class has really been kind of taken out on that hunt. Um, it, we, we didn't do any, well, we, I'm sorry, we killed an archery buck in there last year and that was a fun hunt, but we didn't do a rifle hunter in there last year at all uh, i like the 18a tag for rifle i really think that's a good hunt you know you're going to bounce around on some checkerboarded hunts or some checkerboarded land but 
you know, I think if you take 19A, 19B, 18A, um, they're all kind of clumped together as far as what you can kill in there. You can go in there and hunt. You know, I would start looking for 80-inch bucks. I think that's a good spot to, spot to start, excuse me, and then adjust from there. Um, you know, last year we were hunting, you know, a buck that was, like, I would say right around 84. Um, we didn't really have a giant buck last year on those hunts. But I expect there to be a couple good bucks this year. Um, and then that 5B hunt, you know, that's that 5B rifle hunt is, is a good hunt. It's a special hunt. And I think that there's going to be a couple bucks. If they end up getting killed this year, they're going to be they're going to be good bucks to to see on on the ground. I've got a question here from an Instagram follower. It says 16 points antelope. I'm a resident. Buy a point rifle only. Thanks. Um, explain to this particular listener or follower how just buying a point with 16 points talk through the logic when you hear something like that yeah well I, you're never going to catch max points right i mean if you've got 16 points you're probably in your mid-30s at least and you're 12 points behind max so you are never going to catch you're never going to catch up to the bonus point pass so by just buying a point like if you have personal stuff going on and you can't hunt that's fine but you need to be applying every year because your only chance of drawing is going to be in the random. Um, so you need to apply because that's your only hope of ever drawing is in the random. And then with 16 points, you know, until you're in that 24 for rifle points, you have like a point or I'm sorry, maybe 2% chance uh, of drawing. So you should be applying and you should be applying for hunts. You know, if, you know, obviously depending on his hunt goals, but um, you need to be applying for hunts that have higher tag numbers if you actually want to give yourself an opportunity to draw. Um, so, you know, the Unit 10 has a higher amount of rifle tags. Um, that's one to consider. I think, was it 7 West? Maybe it was just 7 combined. It had a, a fairly high number, you know, 15 to 20 rifle tags. Um, there's none of them that are super high. I think 10 is probably the highest. Um, but you have to be applying for those units to actually give yourself an opportunity to draw. Um, right. One, so, I mean, one, you want to apply every year, but you want to make sure you apply for some of w what we were talking about in the elk of kind of mid-tier units to at least give yourself somewhat of a statistical chance. If you just apply for the top three units, likely it will, it, you know, it's very impossible for it to happen. Is that what yep, you're saying? And, and that's exactly what I'm saying. And then one thing I want to add, Jay is one thing that we've noticed the last couple of years is there's a lot of guys that, you know, rely on information from magazines or, you know, online and stuff like that. And they're kind of missing the missing a little bit of information when they do that, because like, you know, we really like 19 B. We think there's an opportunity to go in there and kill 80 inch bucks. Right. But guys are like, well, I've got 26 points. So I'm going to do the rifle hunt in 19 B and that's going to help me tremendously. No, please do not do that rifle hunt 19B. You're going to go in there and you're going to be extremely disappointed because the advancement in archery, and you have two archery hunts right before that, and then you have that muzzleloader hunt right before or right after the archery hunts. The amount of good bucks left at that point are slim. Like, unless you have a piece of private ground where no one else is hunting, 
on those archery or the muzzleloader hunts, that 19B is kind of a trap hunt. That 19B rifle hunt is a trap. Um, people assume it's good, but the last five years, the best bucks are killed on the archery and the muzzy. And then these guys that have a pile of points are definitely disappointed with drawing that tag. So that's one I would stay away from is the 19B rifle hunt. So what you're saying is on the face value, not everything is equal, meaning there's there's specific niche hunts that you might think are great, but they have you know two archery hunts right before it. Everything gets jostled around. A bunch of the best bucks get shot, like in your left, you know, hold in the bag. What you're saying Absolutely. is, you know, do your research and, and make sure that you're applying for hunts that that are what you're looking for. Um, what is what is the best way for hunters to reach out to you and get more information uh, over some of this stuff we just talked about? Yeah, so the best, I mean, there's several ways. They can call me direct. Um, my number is 928-533-1903. Um, our website is super easy to navigate, and there's a contact page. Um, they can just fill that contact page out, and then it just sends us a quick email. They can just say, hey, I'm curious where I stand with this many points for this species. We can get right back to them. You know, Ben Brochu and I both get those emails. James Vine gets a lot of the Kaibab deer uh, info. Um, so we can, you know, we can set people up and help them with the information that we actually see on the ground prior to them applying. And then, you know, that's one thing that we've seen the last couple of years is guys just take the information at face value out of a magazine or wherever, and then they get it and they're, they're super hyped up. And then, you know, you know, I, I don't want to say we, we, you know, lowered them, but we got to give them honest expectations, you know? Um, so then they're like, Oh man, that's, Oh, I thought it was this when in reality, sometimes it can be a different thing or on the flip side of that, we're like, you know, no, we really love the unit. Eight hunt. We're excited about that one. That one's going to be great. You know? Um, so phone number, our website, shadowvalleyoutfitters.com and then Instagram at shadow Valley outfitters. They can drop us a message. We've got a few, I think I've got like seven or eight DMS right now. We got to get back to after a post this morning, but I'll be working on that as soon as that, uh, you and I finish up here, Jay. Awesome. Well, it's always great having you on the podcast. I appreciate you taking some time and carving it out for us and, um, you know, letting us peek inside that brain of yours and, and uh, having a look at the Arizona elk and antelope as, as the way you see it. So, uh, Pat, uh, tell the crew, uh, good job. I look forward to seeing you guys' success in the fall of 2022, and uh, thanks for coming on, okay? Jay, really appreciate it, man. And I would just... Uh... You know, I, I think you're doing a fantastic job in what you're doing, providing a lot of information. Um, and then the last thing I would leave listeners with is if you think you have an opportunity to draw, it's important that you reach out now and talk to the guide or the outfitter that you think you want to go with. Then instead of waiting, you can check references now. You can do all the picture stuff. You can find out what they're doing now to get ready for the hunt in the coming year, You know, whether it's shed hunting or glassing or whatever. But now's the time that guys should be talking to people because once results come out, it, you're going to feel stressed and you're going to, you're going to be like, Oh man, I just don't know what to do. I, I know if I, if I don't book soon, I'm going to lose out on this guy or that guy or whatever the case is. Check references to find out who you're actually going to be hunting with now rather than, you know, after you find out you got that hit. So that's For the sure. last thing I would leave people with. Absolutely. That's good information. Um, right on. Pat McCarty, Shadow Valley Outfitters. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Jay. Take care. God bless.